So great to kick off a brand new series. You know, I was thinking about this morning and uh, this week I was looking on the internet. I wanted to try to become a little bit healthier of a person. And so I was reading some articles and I found a really interesting article about how to be a healthier person. Some of the things that were mentioned were kind of obvious. Uh, The first thing that... uh, This article in the Huffington Post mentioned was that you need to exercise and sleep well. And they talked about how if you exercise, you'll sleep better at night because you're you're more tired. And I thought that was cool. And then it also went on and it it talked about eating healthy foods. That wasn't a big surprise. You know, if you eat good foods, you'll, you'll feel better. You'll be healthier. If you laugh more, if you form healthy relationships, that was another one. But I think the one I liked the best was personal hygiene. If you want to be healthy, personal hygiene. And this is what they said. You got to brush your teeth, especially your tongue, twice a day. Take a bath with soap at least once a day. Okay, you guys got to use soap. Okay. You got to floss daily. Avoid smelly foods and drinks like onion, garlic, and alcohol. Drink more water. Uh, And then this is the best part. Women already shave their armpit hair, but men should do it too. It keeps your pores open and gives no room to bacteria. And I thought, that must be the problem right there. Okay. (laughs) Got to get healthy. Got to get healthy. Well, what shaving your armpits, eating right, exercising, laughing, having friends is to the physical body, serving God is to our spiritual body body. And today I want to talk to you about your spiritual health because God wants you to be a spiritually dynamic, spiritually healthy individual. Amen. God wants you to be spiritually. How do you do that? Well, you serve God and you serve others. That's a big part of the equation. And that's why I want us to look in our Bibles at the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12 verses 3 through 8 outlines for us what it means to be healthy spiritually. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, but in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching in teaching, if exhorting in exhortation, giving with generosity and leading with diligence and showing mercy with cheerfulness. And here he talks about how our spiritual giftings has a huge part to do with how we serve God. See, if you learn to use your spiritual gifts for God, you're going to be more dynamic, more robust, stronger in the Spirit. And God wants you to use the giftings that He's given you to serve God and to glorify God and to serve others. And when you do that, you're going to draw closer to God and you're going to grow spiritually. It's beautiful. So God wants you to do that. So let's talk about how these gifts can make a huge difference. Now, spiritual gifts are divine empowerments, divine enablements from God to accomplish certain tasks. 
That's what a spiritual gift is. God has given every Christ follower at least one, 1 Corinthians tells us. So if, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got one spiritual gift at least. A lot of people have more than one, but you've got at least one. And these are divine enablements, divine empowerments from God to accomplish ministry and to help build people up. Spiritual gifts are never given to edify people, individuals. They're, they're always to edify others. So they're not to build me up. They're, they're, they're to build others up. Okay, so God's given us these, these specific things. So let's look at these four aspects of these spiritual gifts from Romans 12. Number one, your gifts flow from grace. They flow from grace. I mean, it is the grace of God that has imparted spiritual giftings into your life. It's grace. It, it, it wasn't that you deserved it. It wasn't that you earned it. It wasn't that, you know, you were so good looking that God said, oh, I, I got to give her the gift of whatever it may be. No, it was, it was by grace. Salvation comes by what? By grace. Yeah, it comes by grace through faith. That's how salvation comes. Guess what? Spiritual giftings come by grace. God chose the gifts. God knew the gifts you were gonna have even before you were born. God, God knew everything about you, but he also knew the giftings that he was going to impart into your life. And, and he knew that he was going to give you that gift of, of whatever it may be. Fill in the blank with your gift. Your gifts flow from grace. Now look at verse 3. For by grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. So see, we should not be arrogant about our gifts. We should not think of ourselves as superior to others because of certain gifts. It's all because of the grace of God. God's the one that chose it. Instead, he says, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Okay, Be sensible about this. God chose to give you that ability. God, God chose to do it. And in verse 6, he says, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. They're all different. And when you excel in your gifts, it's a reflection of God's work in your life. I was with a pastor friend of mine a few years ago. And he's a, he's a high school, college, and seminary friend of mine. We were in each other's weddings. We have been friends for, we have all the dirt on each other. I mean, we have been friends way back when. And he's a pastor, and I'm a pastor. And one day I went down to his church, and I saw the ministry that he had, and I just saw how God was using him. And I was like, this is incredible. Because sometimes you tend to think of people like where they're from, not where they're going. And, and we had been like friends for so long that I didn't recognize what was going on. And it was all because of the grace of God. I mean, he's a great guy, don't get me wrong, but it was the grace of the Lord that was being poured out on that church through his leadership. And I was just in amaze. I was amazed being there. And, and, and your gifting is an act of grace. The fact that you can lead, the fact that you can, that you can equip, the fact that you can train, the fact that you can serve, it's all because of the grace of God. So we should be humble and grateful. We should be humble and grateful. But you know what? We have a responsibility to stoke the fire of the giftings that God's given to us. Look, look with me, if you would, in 2 Timothy 1, 6. Because, because you have this faith, I now remind you, to stir up that inner fire which God gave you at your ordination. He's talking about spiritual gifting here. 
For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. In other words, that, that gifting has to be provoked sometimes. Uh, my granddad used to have an old school fireplace. Does anybody still have an old school fireplace? I'm talking like logs and you got to shovel the ashes out and stuff like that. Anybody? Okay, at the early service, some people had, a couple of people raised their hand. They were kind of nervous, but they said, yeah, we have a fireplace. Today, everything's gas and it's clean and all that stuff. Well, I love the old school, man, where you get the logs and you have to put the tinder on the bottom. And anyway, but one of the things that you have to do when a fire uh, is, is being lit in the fireplace, sometimes you have to stoke the fire. You have to take the prodder. Does anybody remember the prodder? That big cast iron pole. And you have to prod. And it's fun because like the, the logs will break in half and the oxygen flow will begin to increase. And then all of a sudden the flame is ignited. You got to work the fire a little bit. Well, I, I think this is what the Apostle Paul's saying to his son in the faith, Timothy. Sometimes you got to stir up the gift that's in you. Sometimes you got you to poke it, you got to prod it. I hope when you come to church, you get poked and prodded just a little bit. Amen. I hope that when you read the Bible, you get poked and prodded. I hope when you're around Christian fellowship, you get, you get stirred up uh, to, to where you need to be and to what you need to be doing. And this is the, 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 the phrase and the, 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 the concept that's being communicated here. I want to remind you to stir up that inner fire of that gifting. Wow. Well, the first gift that's mentioned here in Romans 12 is serving. Serving. Many of us have the gift of serving. You may have the gift of serving if you love to meet practical needs in love and you expect nothing in return. You like projects. Sometimes you have a hard time saying no because you really do like to help people. Can anybody relate to that today? Anybody? We got some servants today. Amen. We got some servants. Yeah, you're just like, I'm a fool. I'll do anything. You know, I'm kidding. Um, but you just love to help. You love to help. That's a great gift. And I'll tell you, in our church, I have noticed at looking at the spiritual gift profiles we've done with our leaders for years and years and years, serving is one of the top. I mean, people... People generally tend to see themselves as having the gift of serving, and it's a great gift. And when you serve, you like to see people happy, you, you like to help out, you like to be involved, you like for the team to win, you're willing to do maybe some things that other people are not willing to do because you just like to serve, and servants are awesome, and they play a huge role in the church. Uh, prophecy is the second thing that's mentioned. Prophecy is speaking the word of God with boldness. And he says in verse 6, if prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. In other words, speak the word of God according to the faith that you have. Uh, prophecy is speaking God's word with boldness. And uh, the apostle Peter showed us this in Acts 3.19 when he got up and preached and he said, repent and turn your heart to God. Uh, in, in the uh, day of Pentecost, Peter preached and 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. I mean, he was bold and he spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, sometimes when we speak the word of God with boldness, I think two things happen. One is people are encouraged. And then another time people are corrected. And we need prophets in the church. We need people to prophesy. We need people to speak the word with boldness. We need that in the church. We need it. Because sometimes we need some encouragement. And I was talking with a friend on the phone this week, an old friend called that I hadn't talked to in a couple of years. 
and, uh, and they're a prophet, man. And I mean, she was saying stuff. It was awesome. So encouraging. I was like, dang, where have you been all my life? I've been missing you, sister. Come on. And, and we need that. And sometimes it's correcting. Do we need correction in the body of Christ? For the church to be healthy, do we need people to say, this is black and this is white and that's wrong and that's right? Do we need that sometimes? Absolutely we do. We need prophets. Now, if you're a servant, will you have more friends in the church than if you're a prophet? Probably. Yeah, people will probably like. So people are afraid of the prophets. They're like, oh man, she's going she's gonna to prophesy. Whoa, what's she going to say this time? I'm going to go over here. So sometimes we don't always enjoy the, 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 the prophecy gift. But it is necessary, it is important, it is good. And listen, if you, if you have the gift of prophecy, do so with mercy and grace. I've known pro- people that have the gift of prophecy that beat people up all the time, okay? You don't need to be a spiritual bully with the gift of prophecy, amen? But, but let's use it to build the body. And when we've got people serving and we've got people prophesying, then the, the church begins to function accordingly. Your gifts flow from grace. They all come from grace, though. If you have the gift of prophecy, grace. If you have the gift of serving others, grace. Let's see a second thing right here. Look at this right here. Your gifts differ from everyone else. Did you know you're not like anybody else? (laughs) You're different. God made you different from others. That's a good thing, Romans 12, 4. Now, we have as many parts in one body And all the parts do not have the same function. We're all different. By the way, that's a good thing. We would all kill each other. Can you imagine if everybody in the church was an evangelist? If everybody was a servant and we didn't have any leaders, then what would happen? Well, we, we wouldn't move the ball down the field. Everybody would be trying to serve each other. What if we had, everybody had the spiritual gift of mercy? We would all get together as a church and cry together, but nothing would get done. Amen? I mean, so we're all different, and different is good. We need to celebrate the difference. God chose our gifts. We should not project our gifts on somebody else. Have you ever said to yourself, this is what you say to yourself, probably not to other people, Why doesn't she do it the way that I do it? Why isn't he more like me? Maybe you say that to your spouse sometimes, you know. We all have different gifts. We're different parts of the body. We function in different capacities. And if I expect you to always do it the way that I do it, or you expect me to do it the way that you would do it, we have confusion in the body. But when we understand, oh no, that's just their gifting. That's just, that's just the anointing that God's given to them. That's it's a little different from, from, from the way I would do it, but I understand that, 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 that actually makes sense. Yeah, we're all different. We're all different. That's good. We should not have gift envy. You know, it's easy for the mercy and the serving people to say, man, I wish I was a prophet or a teacher. It's either easy for the leaders and the evangelists to, to envy the quieter, softer gifts. I wish I was more meek and mild, if you will. <laughs> You know, it's easy to want what you don't have and to be who you are not. Let's just celebrate who we are. I mean, if God gave you the gift of service, then serve. If God gave you the gift of prophecy, then prophesy. If God gave you the gift of giving, then give. And be who God made you to be. 
let's don't stand around and compare notes and wish we were something else. You're a valuable part of the body with the gifts that God's given to you. It's powerful. You're gifted because of God. So let's don't be envious of other people. Uh, we don't want to have two left feet in the body. We need, we need every part of the body to function accordingly. Now the metaphor, the body of Christ is used in the New Testament to describe the church. The church is a body. Bodies have different parts. Bodies function because different systems of the body and different organs of the body are working in conjunction with one another. And when you have a part of the body that's not working, what happens? You have sickness. Amen? And we don't want to have sickness in the church. So that means that every part of the body needs to function appropriately and carefully. Uh, I think you should tell somebody today how much you appreciate how the Lord is using them in our church. You know, if you see somebody doing a good job, you see somebody using their giftings, hey, you know what? You're doing a great job over there. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. We ought to be affirming people where they're expressing their giftedness and where God is being glorified and people are being built up. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Now he mentions the gift of teaching and the teachers are passionate about discovering and validating truth. A teacher is particularly concerned with the accuracy of information and they love to research and they love to share. Uh, you may have the spiritual gift of teaching if you're going to teach for 30 minutes and you prepare like you're going to teach for two hours. Okay, that, that may be the spiritual gift of teaching. Does the body need teachers? Absolutely we do. How are we going to grow spiritually if we don't have anybody teaching? We need teachers. We need servants. We need all the gifts. Romans 12 mentions seven of them. Other parts in the New Testament mention other gifts. Exhorting and encouraging is another one he mentions right here. And this is probably my top gift, so I actually understand this one maybe a little bit better than I do some other gifts. But encouraging or exhorting is encouraging believers um, to reach their full potential and maturity in Christ. They're practical and positive, and they seek positive responses. They, they use words to comfort, consolate, uh, uh, encourage, and counsel in such a way to help others feel blessed and healed. Uh, exhorters, encouragers love steps of action. You know, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And sometimes that gift of exhortation is so like coming out of me, like when I'm talking to somebody, I have a tendency, if I'm not really careful, to already start telling people what to do before I even listen to what they're saying, you know? Like, somebody's like, I got a problem. Wait a second, man, you need to break up with that thug guy that just got out of jail. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You, need, you know, and I'm, I'm like, giving all this instruction. I'm like, oh, Ryan, you got to listen. Okay, wait, let me listen for just a minute. Because I love to exhort people. You know, I preach to you every weekend. Guess what? Out of the gift of exhortation. Some of you are like, we've been getting exhorted. Yes, yes, you have. It's a good thing. I love it. I love to exhort. If I wasn't preaching, I don't know what I would be doing. My kids would be worn out probably because I'd be exhorting them all the time. But exhorters love to see people grow spiritually. And do we need exhorters in the body? Absolutely we do. We need servants. 
We need, we need people to prophesy. We need people to teach. We need all of these gifts. And all the gifts are different. But guess what? When they all come together, it connects the church. Your gifts connect the church. Romans 12, 5, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. In other words, there's an interconnectedness. There's an interdependence that we are to have on one another. Each part of the body has a role and when each role is fulfilled, growth happens. God wants the church to grow. Did you know that growth is a natural outcome of church health? When a church is healthy, it grows. We want our church to grow. We're ready to grow. We're going to grow this fall. Why? Because the church is healthy and people are serving and all the organs of the body are moving and grooving as God dictates. The mantra of the church should be, I need you and you need me. There's an interdependence. Well, I love guacamole. Do we have any, do we have any guacamole fans in the house? Anybody? I brought some. I'm like Jesus and guacamole, you know? Do you guys mind if I have a little bite? I've been preaching a little bit today. Mm, pretty good. I used my secret recipe before services today. I love that. One of my favorite foods. I'm convinced guacamole is like, can go on anything. Pizza. It doesn't have to be just Mexican food. It can be any food. Love that. Mm, wow. Well, I just ate a little bit of this guac and my teeth chewed up the chip. My saliva glands began to dissolve the food in my mouth. It slid down my throat into my stomach. And as I speak, that food is being broken down into enzymes in the stomach. It is being broken down by the liver, the pancreas, and the gallbladder. The circulatory system is sending energy and nutrients around the body. And the other system of the body gets rid of whatever is waste that is not needed. It takes all the systems, it takes all of the parts of the body to make health and energy happen. Amen? Now the same is true in the body of Christ. It takes a lot of different people, a lot of different abilities, a lot of different skills, a lot of different kinds of folks for ministry to happen. And not everybody is the same. We're all different, but we're all interdependent on each other. And I think the church is one of the greatest places in the world for people to come together that are different. You know, we have so many different people in our church. It's one of the great things I love about Ed Church. There's a lot of different people here. But you know what? We're all unified under one banner, and that's the banner of Jesus Christ. And when we serve him in the church, ministry and growth happens. It's beautiful. It really is. When we serve together, the church will grow. Now, a couple of years ago, I went to the doctor. I was feeling tired all the time, and the doctor said, Ryan, you have adrenal fatigue. And she said, you know, what's going on? I was like, it was a very stressful time at church. We were going through some changes at the church. I was very stressed out. And my adrenals, she said, your adrenals are under a one on a scale of one to 10. 
In other words, you have no adrenals. This is bad. She says, you need to chill. And I was like, yeah, that's easier to say than it is to do. Amen. And so I did rest a little bit. She put me on some supplements. I got my diet in order and my adrenals are actually much better today. But when they were maxed out, I was craving sugar all the time. And you crave sugar when you don't have adrenals because you, you need the, the high, you need the energy, right? And so I was, I was eating sugar all the time. I was feeling exhausted. And then have you ever been so sleepy that you couldn't sleep? You know, I mean, like your whole body's just out of whack, you know, all that. But you know what? I was able to get my adrenals in order. And guess what? The whole body began to feel better. It's amazing how just one part of the body being out of whack can make the whole body feel sickness. That's why everybody plays a role. You know, if you're a part of this fellowship, you play a role. You're an organ. You, you, you may say, well, I don't feel spiritual and I don't feel gifted. And I get that. But you may be more gifted than you think you are because if the Holy Spirit is in your life, you have some giftings and some capabilities that, that you may not even know that you have. And we want to pull those out of you and help you become the man or the woman of God that he's purposed for you to be. It takes all of us, man. And when people are active in service and people are working together, just like the body working together, all of the systems, that's when health happens. That's when growth happens. That's when the glory of God is seen. That's when spiritual impact is witnessed and, and great things begin to happen. Two weeks from tonight, we're going to have our team night. And team night is a night that we have a couple of times a year where we gather all of the serve teams for a night of encouragement, vision, and motivation and training. And I want you to be there. If you're not on a team, I want you to come on, on uh, this special event, team night, two weeks from tonight. And just join us and be a part of it. And just let us help you find a spot. Also, you can attend our 301 class that's coming up in a couple weeks. The 301 class is all about spiritual giftedness and serving in the church. We have a whole class that is specifically designated to help move people from point A to point B in their spiritual giftedness. It's a great thing. I had a friend uh, that had... Uh, she, she worked out all the time. She ate perfectly. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody eat as disciplined as she ate. Um, and she was a staff member at another church that we served. But she could not lose some weight that she wanted to lose. And, you know, I, th I think she looked fine. But she wanted to lose some weight. And she was frustrated, man. She's jogging her brains out. She's eating veggie sticks 24-7. You know, why am I not losing the weight? Well, she went to the doctor and they said, you don't have a diet problem. You don't have an exercise problem. you got a thyroid problem. And the doctor said, if we can get your thyroid in order, you'll lose this weight. Well, it took like a year or two to get the thyroid. But guess what happened? When she got her thyroid in order, she went. It was awesome. It was amazing. She had one part of the body that was just out of whack. And when that got under order, she got even healthier. I think the same is true in the church. We want all systems, all parts of the body to be healthy so we can move the ball down the field. Now, there's some organs in the body that we tend to think of that don't have a particular role. Maybe like the gallbladder. Have you ever heard somebody had gallbladder surgery, you know? 
And you can live without your gallbladder, yes, but doctors also tell us that gall, the gallbladder does play a role. It, it helps with the digestion of food in the body. And if you don't have a gallbladder, it can lead to some problems. Um, the tonsils. People are always getting their tonsils out, you know, pull the tonsils out. But tonsils do play a role. Tonsils actually protect against infections and they trap bacteria in the body. They're like a filter. So if we don't have the tonsils, we can be a little susceptible there. The tailbone. Does anybody need the tailbone? I don't have a tail. Why do I have a tailbone? Well, the tailbone actually helps the pelvic function, and it also gives balance when you're sitting. All of these organs may play an insignificant role, but they still make a contribution. Now, you may be a tailbone, you may be a tonsil, you may be a gallbladder, you may be a heart or a lung, but God has a place for you in the body of Christ. God has a spot. It may be big, it may be small. One of the uh, gifts uh, that he mentions in this list of seven is the gift of giving. The gift of giving. There are people that spiritually, their gift is, is giving and generosity. And uh, for some of us are like, wow, that's amazing. People enjoy giving. There really are people that love to give. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and we have some people in our church, they love to give. Whenever we have a special offering, they get really excited about that. Whenever, whenever there's opportunities to help people, they do so kind of many times like kind of anonymously, kind of behind the scenes. They love to give and they're spiritually acting on the gift that God has given to them. They love to manage money. They love to share with others. They love to encourage through giving. And they have financial resources and wisdom. And it's a great thing. If you have the spiritual gift of giving, then you need to give. Now, do all of us need to pursue the gifts? Do all of us need to be generous? Of course. You can't look at this list of seven spiritual gifts in Romans 12 and go, well, I'm a mercy person, so I don't need to uh, be generous, you know? God expects all Christians to participate in all areas of spiritual growth. So all of us need to give. It just means that some people excel even more in that particular area. Okay? And giving is one of those gifts. It's an important part of the body. What would the church be like if we didn't have people that had the gift of giving? It would be tough. It would be hard. He also mentions the gift of leading. Leading. It's a God-given ability to plan, to organize, to develop people, um, to build teams, to delegate, to put things together. Leaders come in when there's chaos and they're like, I need you to go there. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And then boom, the team comes together and it's awesome. And leaders, leaders, listen, man, what a great gift that you have for the body. What a great thing. Leadership is a gift. Can other people learn to be leaders? Of course. Servants can be leaders. But if you have the spiritual gift of leading others, that is a dynamic contribution to the body. And I want to challenge you today in the name of Jesus to use what God has given to you. What a great thing. You're able to accomplish those tasks, to build those teams. So we want the teachers to teach, the givers to give, the prophets to speak the word of God with boldness, the mercy people to cry with everybody. And guess what happens? 
when all of us come together as one body, pursuing our different functions, the whole church is built up. That leads us to our fourth thing. Your gifts empower supernatural ministry. They empower ministry. They empower ministry. Now, when I was a kid, we had a program at school called the Talented and Gifted Program. I think they call it something different today. Maybe it's gifted and talented or something like that. Talented and gifted. It was the smart kids. And like if you excelled in mathematics, you got to go to this special class and work on certain equations. If you were really gifted in reading and writing, you know, you would go to this other club. And, and there were different expressions of that. I was never invited to any talented and gifted programs. In fact, I told the early service this morning, my wife, who's very smart, graduated magna cum laude from the university. She's super smart. Don't let her good looks fool you, okay? She's super smart. I graduated not magna cum laude, thank the laude, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it took me a while. So I was never invited to any of the talented and gifted. But <clears throat> there were kids that were just specifically gifted in certain areas. And, and it wasn't like, you know, just because you were gifted in English and writing didn't mean you were necessarily gifted in mathematics. Maybe some kids were just great at both, I don't know. But, but they would like train kids accordingly. You know, and you get to go to special classes. Well, I want to submit to you today that in the kingdom of God, if the spirit of God's in your life, you're talented and gifted in some area. God's given you some capability or some ability. We may need to pull that out of you. And yes, it has to be developed. Just because you have a spiritual gift doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden like, you know, a level 10 leader in the spirit. You have to grow and mature into that. But... But the Holy Spirit's put a deposit in your life and, and God wants you to use that to advance kingdom and to build people up. The final thing he uses here is, is he uses the gift of mercy. And uh, in, in Luke 10, 37, he uses this term to describe the good Samaritan as one who does mercy. Uh, C. Peter Wagner describes the, de the definition of the person with mercy as um, a God-given ability to feel genuine empathy and compassion for individuals, both Christian and non-Christian. Maybe you have that gift. Man, what an awesome gift. I mean, people want to come and talk to you when they're hurting and when they're struggling. They're like, where's so-and-so? I need some mercy right now. And that's, that's an amazing contribution in the book. If everybody was a leader, we would have very little mercy, wouldn't we? What about the hurting people? Oh, no, hurry up and get your stuff done. You know, come on, that's the leader, right? The exhorter is, man, come on, man, let's go. No, I just need somebody to cry with me for just a moment. That's mercy. There's different things that we need at different stages and different times of our life. And when all of this comes together, we have health. We have spiritual growth. You see, spiritual gifts are divine enablements from God that are given to us by the Holy Spirit. They're not natural talents. They're not natural cap capabilities. They're specific areas where we excel because of what the Spirit has done in us. And they build people up. So how do I get started? Well, number one, I ought to be willing to try several areas of ministry. Okay, Be willing to try. Sometimes you don't know where you're going to do well until you get in there and try. And if you need to change ministries, that's awesome. Nope. 
High five. No problem. If you're not in the right place, let's get you another spot. Number two, consider the needs of the church as well. I mean, what we don't want to do is create like spiritual gift snobs where people are like, oh, no, no, no. I don't help take out the trash. I'm a mercy guy. I just pray with people who are depressed. I don't help with anything else. That's all I do. You know, uh, I'm a leader, man. I don't, I don't mow the grass. I'm a leader. No, the, in Christ, there's just sometimes and some things where things need to get done. Amen. And so we're willing to help. That's a mature perspective in Christ. Is okay. There's a need. Okay, I maybe need to do that. We call it primary and secondary giftings. Okay, primary is where your sweet spot is. Secondary is where you're willing to help. Okay, where you're willing to be involved. Number three, look for fulfillment. Um, hey, does it fulfill you when you serve in that capacity? Is there something in you that's like, man, I feel full? Or do I feel drained? <laughs> if you feel drained, it may not be the right spot. Um, look for affirmation or people saying to you, um, hey, you're doing a great job with that. You're really gifted. Way to go. And if you want to be more active in serving, you can put that on the back of your connection card today. Um, you can sign up for some different areas. You can come to team night two weeks from tonight. You can even write on the back of your card. Somebody contact me this week. Let's get you involved. Let's get the body rocking. Let's get all the systems of the body healthy. Let, 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 let's, let's, let's move the ball forward by elevating the giftedness of this team. Isn't that awesome? You know, in the game of football, football season's starting. Football's the ultimate team sport. You've got to have 11 guys on the field at one time. If you have a great quarterback, but the offensive line can't block, it doesn't matter how good the quarterback throws. And if you have a fantastic wide receiver, but the quarterback can't throw the ball, then what difference does it make? If you have a great offense, but the defense can't stop the other team, you're going to lose. We want to have a healthy team. We want to be dynamic on offense and defense. We want to be acting in these gifts and moving the church forward to do everything that God has called us to do. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer?